Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm very excited about today's episode because it's going to be different than anything we've ever done on the show before. We've got a very special guest, very special to me. He is a long-term client of Parakeeto, an incredible creative director, entrepreneur, the founder of an agency called Goldfront that I've been fortunate enough to get to know very well. And he's here today to share his story of working with us, becoming more profitable, growing a lot. So with all of that, Josh Lohman, thank you so much for making time for us today. Hi, Marcel. It's good to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you. Um, we've talked about Goldfront on the show before. I've you know name dropped uh, the organization several times before. We had Liston on, which I'm, I'm sure you listened into to talk about what we we're doing on the sales side. But this has been a long time coming, a conversation between you and I. But for all of those that are listening that don't have the context, um, I'd love for you to share a little bit in your own words about who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name is Josh Lohman. I'm the founder and chief creative officer at Goldfront. Goldfront is a category design studio. We're here in San Francisco and strewn about in other locations in, in America. And we help growth stage startups define and own their own category. And the way that we got into this is that we started as a brand studio and but we were doing this other kind of cool thing called category strategy and we realized that there was a need to sort of combine brand execution with category creation strategy and so that's that's what we do now and i personally live here in san francisco with my wife and my daughters and my dog and I'm happily living and working amongst all of these souls and um, just happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here because, um, you know, I've watched a tremendous amount of transformation, um, both at Goldfront and in you as a leader and an entrepreneur since the time that we met, you know, a little over three years ago now. Um, and I think so many people can benefit from hearing about not just the things that we've done right together, but also the things that we had to, to figure out along the way. And I'm excited to dive into that. Um, I'd love to start with what led you to becoming the entrepreneur that you are today? How, how did you end up doing your own thing and starting Goldfront? Uh, well, it's funny because I always wanted to have my own business. When I was 10, I wanted to start my own you know, newspaper for me, for me and the kids in the neighborhood. When I was in high school, I, for a very short time, started a small business where I would help people with their computers. When I was in college, I owned a, a baseball card business. And um, so I always wanted to start an agency um, once I got into kind of the kind of creative and strategy world. But to tell you the truth, I was afraid to. I, for years and years, I thought, if I do this and it fails, it's going to be humiliating. People will realize that I failed at this thing. And I think that's really what kept me f 
from from doing it. So I freelanced. So I've been in the world of sort of branding and strategy and things like that for I don't know maybe um, twenty six years. And I didn't start Goldfront until nine years ago. So, but that whole time I probably wanted to start an agency, but I was a little bit afraid to. So nine years ago, you start the agency and what did those first, you know, six years up until we met look like? Well, um, it was sort of thrilling and crushing and, um, mediocre and kind of, um, um, buffet of every, every kind of experience. Uh, being here in San Francisco, we had a lot of clients that were very exciting to work for Google, Facebook, um, Uber, Slack, a bunch of like really interesting tech and startup uh, companies in the Bay Area. And so I feel very fortunate that I got to do that. I remember there was one time when Slack called us up and said, we have a global media buy. We have this campaign that we bought all the media for. And, but we don't have a creative shop to actually make the, the um, concepts and the creative for us. And we we're like, this sounds great. And they said, okay, the first ad is due in three days. It has to go to press in three days. And we didn't have an idea. We didn't have artwork. We didn't have anything. And, um, you know, doing, working on projects like that is like incredibly exciting. Um, especially for a company like Slack five, six years ago, where you're like, oh, this is like the coolest thing out. Um, and then. You know, it's also been really, really hard. Uh, it's been hard managing people, being a boss, um, not having enough uh, revenue at times to cover sale, you know, payroll, um, all of the kind of stress that comes from that. I mean, I kind of feel like for me, I'm somebody who's not that great at having a boss or not that great in a, you know, I, I haven't. I haven't worked at companies that I've loved, like yeah, as an employee. And I always felt like, well, maybe I'm just not that great at being an employee. And so that's sort of how I ended up freelancing and becoming a, a business owner. But um, boy, it really is a lot of drama and some kind of a lot of sleep sleepless nights and um, some hard stuff that comes with it all. But the fact that, um, you know, like one mentor of mine once told me, all you have to do is figure out how to survive for five to seven years, and then you'll probably be okay. And you'll see a lot of competitors come and go over that time. And it sounds like uh, you figured out how to do that, how to make it work over those times through trials and tribulations, um, and made it to a point where I guess you decided that you wanted to make some changes. So let's talk through the moment when, you know, you started to get what I think we talked today uh, about being your, uh, your self-taught MBA, your agency MBA. Yeah. Um, what was the turning point for you? And when did you decide it was time to start digging into the, the business side of running the creative agency? Yeah, I think I was like six years into this and I realized that I wasn't fully engaged with the business as an entrepreneur. I was engaged with the business as a creative and as a strategist, and you know, I was really into the work. Um, I was okay at sales. I, I didn't, I didn't hate doing sales, but I wasn't creative on the entrepreneurial level. I wasn't trying to figure out what they always say: um, working in the business or working on the business. And I was working in the business. I wasn't really working on the business. And so I just got to this point where I was like, I need to do this. I need to become more of, uh, I need to take ownership of this thing as an entrepreneur. 
And so I um, just started listening to po podcasts like crazy and um, reading kind of all the books about how to run a company. And so I now I kind of call that I got my DIY MBA. And that was about three years ago. And during that time, I remember it was in August when it sort of started. And during that time, I listened to a podcast that was like, it was an agency podcast about how to run an agency. And you were the guest on there. And you were talking about this amazing product that you were building at Parakeeto. And um, it was all about um, kind of a lot of the things that I really wanted to do. And so immediately after listening to that podcast, I went to the Parakeeto website. I think I filled out one of your forms. It was probably like, you know, um, a, uh, a thing where I could get a PDF that tells me about how to, you know, understand my profitability if I put in my email address or whatever. And, um, you know, I got that thing. And then uh, within the next week or two, I got an email from you. And, and here we are three, mm -hmm. more than three yeah. years later. Um, and just I, for, if you're comfortable getting into it, what did the business look like over those first six years or so? Where, where were we kind of at when we first connected? Okay. So I think in terms of revenue, I think we were at like 1.4 million at the time. That, that was fiscal year 2018. Yeah. 1.4 million was the, okay. the revenue number. All right. Yeah. And that was up 30% from the year before. Most of our years, we were, we were um, growing about 30%. Mm -hmm. And um, th there was just a lot of ups and downs. You know, I was like, oh, man, things are amazing. Like, you know, th things would be really busy. And I'd be like, we're the next great agency. We're going to crush it. <laughs> we're going to be in the New York Times. Like, you know, uh, it's just like, oh, we're going to blow up. And then we'd get slow and I'd, th and I'd take it personally and be like, we're, we're failures. We're, we're not, we're going to go out of business, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, it's really easy to personalize that stuff when things are going well, or when things are going bad to mm. kind of think it really says a lot about you and your value. And that's, that's one of the dangers of owning a business is that it's really real. It's kind of almost impossible not to personalize the business and to think that the, how the business is doing is some reflection on your value as a person. Um, mm. Yeah. And so things were sort of a roller coaster financially, um, emotionally. And I was very happy with the work that we were doing and very proud of it, but I needed something that was a little bit more stable at the time. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Right. And what was the state? How would you describe the state of the business at that time from an operations and profitability perspective? Ha. <laughs> Uh, disorganized or non-existent, uh, I would say. 
um, yeah, I wrote down a list of the things that you sort of helped us with. And my list is goes sales, operations, process, metrics, and profits. And we didn't have any of those things in place. So sales, I was, I, I had a way of doing sales and I was, I was doing okay with sales, but I had no, um, consistency with it. When we would get really busy, I wouldn't do anything on sales. And then I'd wait for us to slow down because I didn't feel like I had any time to do anything but project work. Um, otherwise when we'd slow down, then I'd start reaching out to people about sales and, um, same thing with, uh, process and, and operations. Like we didn't have a set way that we did an SOW. We didn't have a set way that we did an estimate. We didn't have us, we weren't really, um, we weren't really like figuring out how many hours we were spending on projects. So we didn't really have metrics going on. And because we didn't have metrics, we didn't have an idea of the levers that we could pull to become more profitable. And, um, so yeah, I mean, there were some things that were really working on the creative and sort of strategy side of things, but yeah, I mean, I remember like the, f the first couple of meetings, you were just like, man, you can't stop doing sales when you're really busy with projects. And I was like, you don't understand. You don't understand Marcel. It's too much work. And, um, but you just kept hammering it at home. Like, Hey, you cannot take your foot off the pedal on sales while you're busy. Right. And slowly we kind of carved out the time so that I could keep up with it. it took a while. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it's one of those things that that was the first thing I noticed, of course, when we get under the hood, we look at the numbers and the utilization curve for girlfriend at that time was just like, a roller coaster, right? 150% utilized down to like 10% back up to it. It would, cause when it rained, it poured, when you wanted to go out and find work, you were able to do that. But of course the nature of sales, as, as we know is, you know, it's, there's like a domino effect. You, you happen to close three ma massive projects that all kick off the same week. And then you go into two months of not having anything to do. And that seemed to be the ride that you had been on for a little while. Um, so of course, when you're working 80 hours a week, trying to get the creative work across the line, you know, sales just seems like the last thing you, you possibly mm -hmm. want to do at that time. And that's the kind of the natural handbrake that's built in when as a founder, you're still doing sales, isn't it? Where psychologically, you know, if this deal closes, if the client wants to work with me, I have to deal with the pain <laughs> of making that happen. Yeah. And so for all those reasons, you don't follow up, you don't do the business development. Mm -hmm. Of course not, because um, mm -hmm. it's painful. And then, you know, I think we're at a point now where it's this perspective has shifted where it's like, how much more fun is it to sell when you should turn the work away and you mm -hmm. actually don't need it? Mm -hmm. Like how much more fun is it to show up to a sales call when that's the truth? Oh yeah. Um, oh my God. It's a game changer. Yeah. And the other thing that I think I noticed that I, I think is so important here to point out is that there are certain things as the owner of an agency that, um, you need, at least I found that I needed to do for my own health and for the health of the agency that seemed counterintuitive, seemed like, well, if I do that, that's actually gonna be harder on me. And, um, but, but I, but I did need to do those things. So for example, doing sales while we still have project work in the short term, that seems like that's crazy. I don't, ha I don't, there's no way I have any more time than I, than that, than I could not give any more time to this agency. How could I possibly be doing sales when we're really busy? And I think with a little bit of 
encouragement or pushing from you um and just knowing that like okay some of the things that are going to be healthy are going to be seem counterintuitive at first um it, it, sort, it sort of worked out in the long run hmm. what are some of the other things that were eye-opening for you over you know the those first few months or, or years that we worked together um well i mean some of it is just that you actually had a view of what the whole system should be. Um, and I didn't have that at all. You know, I, I never, never did this before. And you had some, you know, seemed like you had some prior experience in this. And, um, and actually, I don't really know what your prior experience was, because I never really asked you too much. But so maybe we can get into that today. But, sure. but yeah, so for example, um, there's an SOW the SOW then goes to a, connects to an estimate. This is how many hours we think we're gonna be spending on it and how much we're charging for those hours. That, um, that sets up a project in QuickBooks. That also sets up a project in Harvest. Um, there's a number of different sort of documents that we use to track all of the, the data of Goldfront that I didn't really have exposure to any of that. So we, we sort of built that together, but it was mostly just on you saying like, Hey, this is how you need to do this. So that was huge. Um, and then once we had that in place, it was metrics. Then you're coming back to me going, Hey, I've got some metrics. I've got some measurements that show, show us like what's going on in your agency. And that was just fascinating to me. So now we're seeing, oh, these projects are like really profitable and these projects aren't profitable at all. Like maybe we're losing money on these and to be able to see the difference between those things and use that information to, to either make changes or just decide, well, we're not going to do projects like that anymore because we're not making money on them. That was huge. Um, yeah. And then. And I would say sort of where we are now is a lot of those things have stabilized and we're more honing the system and designing for growth now. And, um, it seems, um, so much more mature now than it was three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been an iterative process and, you know, to come back to your point earlier, like we were really at the beginning, um, and I was really at the beginning of like doing this as a consultant at that time. And so a lot of my ideas have developed, you know, in conjunction with being in working with you. And that's, that's been a really fun ride. And I'm sure you've seen the evolution of, of our thinking over that time as well. Absolutely. Um, and I think one of the things that you, you shared that is important and needs to be said is like figuring out some of this stuff, like what is the right structure for an SOW or for an estimate? And like, what is the, what is capacity? Like things that sound so simple, they're actually really hard to get a straight answer to. And mm -hmm. those things, mm -hmm. when you start thinking about all the dependencies, like what's a billable hour and what are all the different things that that influences? Like it influences how we think about utilization. It influences how we think about, um, you know, like average billable rate. It influences all these different things and defining those and coming up with a way that all those metrics work together when you really start to peel back the onion and, and ask those hard questions, it can get overwhelming really quickly. And, mm -hmm. you know, of course I didn't have all the answers at, when we first started working together today. I like to think that I do, but I'm sure there's things that, uh, you know, I'll get tested on over time mm -hmm. and my opinions will shift on, but that, um, 
I feel like that is an important thing for everyone to understand is like almost nobody that I've talked to has a good answer for all of those questions or feels uh-huh. like they really have all that stuff together. And it's okay yeah. um, that that's the case. It's really complex stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think one thing that's always been just wonderful for me is the way that we collaborate around numbers and the definitions of those terms, because I think we're both pretty nerdy about it. And it's fun to be like, wait, what exactly is a billable hour or what exactly is capacity? And to know that we have to define those terms really, really well and both be on the same page about them if we're going to have our metrics be really meaningful. Mm. And then, yeah. and therefore the decisions that we make from those metrics, um, effective. Absolutely. And, and even creating alignment, like I've, I've seen lots of organizations where internally they've got several different definitions of the same term. Um, and you can imagine that gets really challenging. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.